welcome to the Inside Scoop. Everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. Today we're going to dig a little deeper into the standardized tests that our students have to take here in Georgia. And with me now are Drs. Isan Katula, the Assistant Superintendent of Accountability Research and Grants, and Casey Jones, Cobb's Supervisor of Data Analysis and Statistics. Gentlemen, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having us here, David. Thanks. Okay, so this is the second time that we've had you guys here to talk about uh, testing and data and that sort of thing. And, and quite frankly, don't take this the wrong way, but people call statistics sadistics for a reason. It's not the most enjoyable thing for most people. Now, I'm sure you guys get a lot of fun out of it. <laughs> you squeeze out of it what you can. But uh, the most fun, I would guess, is in learning things through the numbers. What we're trying to understand today is why do we put our students through all of this? It seems like parents more and more are saying, yeah, we've got too much testing going on. So my question to you is, are we, the Cobb County School District, putting our kids through this for one particular reason or another, or is it because somebody's making us do it? Short answer is that we're made to do it. Casey, if, if we're made to do it, who's making us do that? So the federal government makes us do it. Okay. The federal government requires that all states have an accountability system mm-hmm. that measures every district. The federal government created every student succeed act and passed it along to every single state. Okay. When was that? Um, Ballpark wise. You don't have the, to the states um, started implementing this about three, four years ago. Okay. And right. Georgia has just gone through its revision as of November 2018. And in that act, it requires that every state should have accountability system that measures how students are performing. And the state of Georgia decided to use the Georgia milestones to create a measurement called CCRPI or the College Career Readiness Performance Index. Okay. Therefore, the students have to participate in the state assessments in order for them to generate an accountability score to share with the federal government. Okay, so uh, Georgia milestones assessments feed into a federal score. Is that accurate or did I mishear you? The Georgia milestones are used by the state to calculate the CCRPI. And the CCRPI is based on five components, content mastery, progress, closing the gap, readiness, and the graduation rate. But the Georgia milestones predominantly dictate what the score for the CCRPI is. Okay. So it's not, not the whole thing, it's a, a part of it. So that's right. It's, it, uh, for elementary and middle schools, it's about 88% is based in some way, shape, or form on the milestones. Okay. And then in high school, it drops because 15% of it is the graduation rate. Oh, well, that kind of makes sense. You don't necessarily have graduations in elementary. Right. Unless you're, well, I won't go there. <laughs> we may have a ceremony, but we right. don't have an actual <laughs> diploma. <laughs> So, uh, all right. So I heard among those components in the CCRPI, progress and closing the gap and that sort of thing. Can you give us a little more detail on what each of those things is? Sure. So one way to kind of think about it is uh, most recently we've released the milestones results. Okay. 
And there we're just focused on how did each student achieve? Are they proficient in their grade level? Okay. And that's the only thing it looks at. For CCRPI, they tease those scores out a little bit and break them up. They look at that same thing. How did our students succeed? Mm -hmm. But they also look at how did they do compared to their previous two years? Um, We also look at how are they reading? So they look specifically at reading scores as well. So when it comes to the milestones, uh, the state uh, testing, which goes on to be a part of the CCRPI, the milestones is used in part to help determine whether or not this student is ready for the next year's grade level, or is that not part of the promotional consideration? Well, the state uses, they created a category called the readiness. And in that readiness, it measures the student's literacy part. Are they reading at grade level? Mm -hmm. And for this, it is attached to students growing from year to year in their reading. Okay. And so in the Georgia milestones, for example, in third grade, the students will take their milestones for the first time in third grade. Mm -hmm. They will be identified as reading above grade level, below grade level, based on a Lexile score that's administered through the Georgia milestones. That measurement for literacy gets measured again in every single grade all the way up to ninth grade and 11th grade, which is the last, one of the last assessments that's administered by some schools. The um, closing the gap. Why, why is that of interest? Aren't we interested in just the bottom line? So the, the nice thing about the growth measurement Mm -hmm. or the reason why it would be important in grading a school is because regardless of the ability of the student, they can demonstrate growth. So even if it turns out that they've, you know, done the best they can and still have a relatively low score, mm-hmm. if they're doing better than students like them across the state, then they're, they're demonstrating that they are growing, they are moving forward. Even when you look at their final score, it may be less than what you hoped it would be. And so the growth component allows schools to show um, not only how their students are doing, but how they're progressing. Are, mm-hmm. are we moving them forward? So I would guess this would apply to two different types of student, if I can go there perhaps. The high-achieving student, okay, and let's say this is a kid who walks into every class and uh, when it comes test time, he doesn't really sweat. Uh, he he feels like he's going to get an A and usually does get an A. Don't, but we want to see him grow even beyond the typical student's A, so to speak. And then you've got the other uh, students who may have challenges in life that detract from their ability to focus on the content or whatnot. And so obviously you want to see them come up as high as you can and you don't want to discourage the student because, hey, uh, Timmy got <laughs> 30 on the test last time, and now he's up to a 65. Hey, that's not a great score, but it's a heck of a lot of improvement for that kid. So is that really who we're talking about? Is those two different uh, groups primarily, or is that a, a main consideration? Georgia Department of Education has shared with us that it's all about continuous improvement. They're looking for students to continually improve from one year to another. 
At the individual level. At the individual level. Gotcha. So when a student, for example, scores a 300 on the Georgia milestones in English, the state expects that child when they go to fourth grade to do much better or do better than the previous year. Mm-hmm. And the focus has been is how do you move the student continuous improvement? Now, let's keep in mind the Georgia milestones, when they're administered, they're at one time sitting at a specific time administered to all students. Mm. So here, what we're looking for is a one-time administration of an assessment. Yeah. There aren't multiple assessments given on that subject, just a single administration. That, that's a real frustration for a lot of people, I've, I understand, because uh, I heard one occasion of a, a child who went to school and maybe shouldn't have, but was on the brink of, of sickness. And But mama said, you need to go. They're doing this important testing. And so the child was uncomfortable and just not feeling great that day and scored a horrible test score. Um, that's not really representative of that child's performance throughout the rest of the year, right? No, it's not. Because it's just um, a one-day sitting for an hour and a half to two hours a day for, let's say, for English. Mm-hmm. What the score doesn't take into consideration is the characteristics of the student meaning that if they had issues that morning or they did not have breakfast or they had a family issue or take it in high school if there was an issue between um, uh, students or just a home life that will cause that student to underperform. Mm -hmm. That is the difficulty about a one-time sitting for the student. We've put the whole year onto one assessment that's being measured and if you take that, that's what's being measured for the whole school. Well, it, it sounds to me like a really good case for CTLS that we use here in Cobb, right? Um, that is the strength of Cobb Teach and Learning System, the CTLS, because it allows the teachers to see the growth throughout the year by administering short interim assessments and then developing an acceleration plan. With the Georgia milestones, you don't have an opportunity to do um, an acceleration plan because if the assessment is given in April for, let's say, elementary and middle, Mm -hmm. the scores don't come back until near the end of the school year. (laughs) By then, that's when summer starts. Yeah, it's too late to do anything, right? Exactly. And for high schools, they start administering within the first, second week of the school. So when the scores come back, they can't do anything. Worse yet is, take for example... Some seniors who are taking the um, end-of-course assessment in economics. Mm-hmm. So if they take that as the one of their last course, they can get the scores back, but the student has graduated. <laughs> now how are you going to develop an acceleration plan for a student? Yeah. So a score does come back based on a one-time sitting on all the standards that are being taught. When it comes back, uh, as you say, a one-time sitting and, and maybe the student scored low but went on to graduate, does that mean the graduation really shouldn't have happened? It means that that when a child graduates, by definition, it means that the child has fulfilled 23 credits per Cobb County School policy. Mm -hmm. When a student takes an EOC, it only counts for high school, it only counts 20% of the overall grade. Okay, so the rest of the grades throughout the semester are the majority of of, uh, what's determining that graduation. So it's not really, it's a more... Fair assessment, if you will. Exactly. Um, it is a fair assessment, but let's let's be realistic here. That's 20% of the grade, which means that it can fluctuate a student's grade. Yeah. 
Meaning that ultimately if a student does poorly because of a situation that has happened to them because of a one-time sitting, a student can actually drop a grade. And if that drops a grade, then that's going to influence their GPA and ultimately might, it might influence the HOPE scholarship or the amount of money they get from the um, either be the Zell Miller or the HOPE scholarships. Yeah, please don't say that. That's, that's uh, scary. To parents, we can't. <laughs> You're talking college or trade school money right there. That's. Uh, but uh, that's the reality. All EOCs must count for 20%. Mm-hmm. And so if we are basing it on a one time sitting of student measurement, it does have an effect on student final grade, which affects the GPA, which affects the HOPE scholarship. Okay. All right, so we have uh, we, we've discussed milestones and CCRPI. What else can you tell us about the CCRPI that that parents uh, might need to know or might find of interest? The CCRPI is, you know, in, in the shortest way to explain it is the way that Georgia grades our schools, mm-hmm. and so um, that is part of the value. But like all grades, it should be taken with a grain of salt. Just because your school is rated a seventy nine. Uh, you know, which is not great. I'm sure that's not what the school wants. But again, is just based off of mainly how those students have done on the milestones test. Okay. Now, what is that test score or, or the, uh, since you put it this way, school grade, um, what does that result in? Is that just uh, the state saying, hey, you're awesome or tisk tisk, you need to do better? Does it impact Funding, does it impact anything that has to do with the day-to-day operation of that school? It doesn't impact funding. Good. Uh, It does impact um, some of our accountability measures. So, for example, schools that are um, Title I schools, so a large percentage of the students are economically disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. Those schools are held to, uh, they, they get extra help as a part of being Title I, but then they're held to a little bit higher standard academically or maybe monitored a little bit more closely. And CCRPI is used to, to monitor that. So that can affect uh, the school. In particular, graduation rate mm-hmm. has to be above 67.5% uh, or the school gets a little bit more scrutiny. Um, the state would say that they're going to get a little bit more support because their performance is not. But, you know, the way it feels to the school is that yeah. they're, they're getting more scrutiny. They're in the spotlight for the wrong uh, reason. Correct. Yeah. The, another part of CCRPI is it does get published publicly. The, the Governor's Office of Student Achievement publishes it mm-hmm. um, in kind of a school report card. Okay. Um, certain uh, companies that are uh, trying to evaluate schools or present, you know, schools in this area are good or bad, they use mm-hmm. it for that purpose. Um, and don't necessarily always give you all the information you need to make a wise choice about evaluating so a, a school. And, and as, as I understand it, uh, a, a lot of those scores are impacted by things like transiency, students that, that come in and, and don't stay with the school. They move in to the school and then move out. And uh, our, I heard somewhere, and maybe it was our prior conversation, that if a student has been in the school you have to track them down to find out whether or not they graduate. Is that? So the CCRPI score is affected by transiency because every time a student takes the Georgia milestones, that score to count for the school, they have to fulfill what's called full academic year. 
That means they have to be enrolled in that school 65% of the time for their score to count. So when students that are transient, that means some kids leave the school or kids come in. If they don't fulfill that 65%, their scores will not count. Also, because the CCRPI contains graduation rate calculation, the graduation rate must go through what we call the cohort cleanup. In the cohort cleanup, you have to identify where the students, if they leave your school, where they have gone. So you have to track them down, be it to another state school, be it outside of the state school, or if they go outside of the country, which you cannot deem or find or get a request of record from those outside of the country schools. So therefore, that student now counts as a dropout, and it affects the Georgia uh, the school's graduation rate, causing it to drop lower, which eventually causes the CCRPI to fall lower. So students that are um, taking the milestones because they're sick affects the CCRPI. Students that leave the country affects the graduation rate, which affects CCRPI. But as you were saying earlier, is that the state or GOSA, Governor's Office of Student Achievement, created what's called a turnaround eligible schools. And these turnaround eligible schools are based on schools that have continuously failed over a period of time, or they score in the bottom 5%. And so when that happens because of students having issues with the Georgia milestones or the graduation because of kids leaving the country with affecting graduation rate, that can deem that school to be a turnaround school which means that the state comes in there and provides support through what they call a school improvement plan, a district improvement plan, Mm -hmm. or the state improvement plan. It becomes what is known as a takeover school because of these factors Mm -hmm. that the school cannot control, such as transiency, because the the school doesn't determine if the student moves in or out. Mm -hmm. They only are there to support and provide support and proper education for the kids that are enrolled in their school. Is that an issue for Cobb School District? It is an issue for transiency because some parents, through their choice, will move kids maybe three, four times a year. Mm. I know last year we had a student that moved eight times within one school year oh between schools. Gosh. Eight times? Yes. And so with that, it affects. So some schools have a lot of uh, transiency, not because the school is underperforming. It's just because parents choose to move their child for one reason or another. Yeah, And schools worked collaboratively together to make sure that the support is there for the student once they enroll in their school. But they don't control if that score will count for the school or not. Yeah, That is determined by the state and through their definition of what we call the full academic year. And again, this is where CTLS can help if the student is transient at a particular school but moves to an, an area in Cobb County that's also in the Cobb School District, then that data goes with them, right? And, and that's the great foresight that our superintendent, Mr. Ragsdale, has done, is to be able to foreshadow to see students, if they take the assessment in uh, Cobb County, that that score follows them no matter what. Mm-hmm. So if they move, let's say, from Cheatham Hill and they decide to move to east side, that score will follow that student in CTLS. So the teacher will have access to that data at their disposal at that moment. So it's real time data and there's no lagging period between them. 
So it's very beneficial that we have created such a system. Period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of eases a lot of the burden that teachers have shared with me regarding the Georgia milestones. Because those Georgia milestones are lagging scores. They don't come on time. Yeah. But CTLS, the moment you've administered the assessment, is a real-time data that could be used for acceleration plan. Yeah, the teacher's got that information right in front of her, right in that moment, and that is very helpful. I've seen it in, in action. That's well, why it's the best time to be teaching here in Cobb, because if you're making data decisions in the district, Cobb County has the lead on many other districts around us because it's important for the teacher to develop an acceleration plan. Uh -huh. The quicker we can get the data about the students the better the acceleration plan. The more relevant it is. Right? And relevant too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're running a little bit long here, but uh, what is the last bit of advice that you might give to a parent or someone listening to the podcast regarding CCRPI and, and uh, milestones and standardized test scores overall? I think the best advice I can give all the parents is that um, Cobb County is a great school district to be working in and allowing the students to thrive. But it also means that we need our students to have a good attendance rate. Mm. That showcases that there's a lot of work that the teacher is collaborating with that students to make sure that they are increasing their learning. So I would, I would go back to this issue of CCRPI being perhaps useful, but should be taken with a grain of salt. Okay. And so... CCRPI does give you some information about how the students in your schools are performing. Um, but your interaction with that school should be the most important part of deciding how the school's doing. So uh, these online uh, school scores turn to CCRPI for their information, and that's something that uh, parents need to keep in mind. I think the collaboration between the parent and the teacher is pertinent when it comes to discussing data. Mm -hmm. Real life on-time data benefits the student, the parent, and ultimately increasing student achievement. Very well put. So folks, you've been listening to Cobb Supervisor of Data Analysis and Statistics, Dr. Casey Jones, as well as Dr. Isan Katula, the Assistant Superintendent of Accountability Research and Grants. Gentlemen, thanks for coming by. We really appreciate this. If you're interested in going more in depth on the actual test score data that is uh, accrued for the Cobb County School District, you can find that at the district website, which is www.cobbk12.org, and then select District at the menu at the top. There you'll see District Test Scores under the More Information column. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.